Hey, welcome back to Go Coaching Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to go over one simple question that usually gets uh, a little bit of a different answer, different detail, kind of depending on who I'm talking to. And it's a simple question. It's what problem am I solving for my clients? Hey, what do you do? Well, I'm a business coach. Oh, what does that mean? What problem do you solve? What? How do you help people? And I want to go over a few points, 32 points to be exact, of how it is that I help people. And there might be more points, but these are the probably the main ones that, that I talk about mostly. So I want to dive in because there's quite a bit to go over. And I want to make every moment of this podcast uh, valuable for you. So number one, time management. Never ever be crazy busy ever again. Do you uh, know anybody that's always running around crazy? They like forget to pick up their kids and you know that's ridiculous. It's There's a way to run multiple businesses or a very high productive highly highly productive business and not be crazy busy so one thing that i go over with my clients and i think it's one of the first things that i like to cover and clear up is time management prospecting business development having a consistent and predictable traffic of clients revenue and circumstances the most important thing in your business is that you have consistent business that you have consistent clients appointments revenue you can have good months and bad months and that's okay everybody has ups and downs but when it just flat out stops that's a problem and I can tell you right now it stops because you get way too busy servicing your business and not generating more of it and not having the proper team to help you to back it up uh, to service the clients that you're bringing in or vice versa number three database management also known as past clients or some people call it coi or soi organizational systems to maximize communication efforts for higher retention meaning if you have a business where you deal with a lot of people um, let's say like for example a high producing realtor you close 50, 75, 100 deals a year, or maybe a life insurance agent or any kind of insurance agent. You deal with a ton of people. So what happens? Are you a one-hit wonder? Do you sell them and forget about them? Or do you put them in a database management system? Do you follow up? Do you build the relationships? Because my next point, number four, you get more referrals. More production in less time and less effort. Referrals, I mean, I don't have to say much about them. You already know. When you get a referral, you kind of just have to provide a great service and it's a done deal. There's usually no tons of explaining or convincing or closing or you know presenting because their friend referred them to you and they trust their friend, so now they trust you. So managing your database properly to get uh, to maximize communication and higher retention will get you more referrals. Number five, your presentation. Actually impressing potential clients with your knowledge and understanding of your industry and how it applies to them. So do you have your presentation mastered? Do you even have one? Did you know you need one? It doesn't matter what business you're in. You absolutely need to have a presentation. And if you don't know if you do or don't, or maybe you don't think it's that great, 
that's one great topic to cash in your free coaching consultation with me so we could dive into presentation, what yours is like, how it can be better, and really what it comes down to, the results that your current presentation is getting you right now. Number six, sales. The art of sales communication, often mistaken for high-pressure convincing and closing, right? Understand what sales really is. And what is that? Ask yourself, in your opinion, what is sales? What does it mean? In my opinion, uh, being a great salesperson means being a great lead generator, being a great communicator, a great appointment setter, a phenomenal presenter, knowledgeable, and then, of course, outstanding customer service. That's a great salesperson. Number seven, lead follow-up and systems. Preventing business from slipping through the cracks is a big problem for a lot of people. Using systems to maximize potential opportunities, tracking it, and leveraging this to grow the overall business. So lead follow-up on its own is a whole other conversation that we need to have. Some people follow up once, some people follow up seven times, and some people just never stop until you've heard it, until the lead either buys or tells you to get lost, right? Whatever your system is, perfect it, monitor it, track it, and use the results, also known as key performance indicators, to improve your business, to plan ahead, to make projections. Number eight, pre-qualifying potential clients. Not for mortgages and money. I know often when you hear the word pre-qualifying, it's referred to or it's regarding uh, pre-qualifying for a loan or a line of credit. But in the business development world, in sales, it's about saving time and effort for clients with intentions to do business, avoiding unqualified appointments and time-wasting activities. Meaning, very simply, somebody says, hey, I'm interested. And let's use, an, let's use an, a real estate agent, for example. Hey, I want to buy a house. Great. Let me show you 10 homes. You go out and show them 10 homes and you already know what happens, right? They're not that motivated. They're going, oh, well, you know, I decide, I changed my mind. I, I'm going to wait till after the elections or I'm going to wait till next summer when prices go down. When you pre-qualify clients, it's all about asking a certain uh, set of questions, a series of questions that is going to provide you all of the information you need to make the decision. Do you want to move forward with this client or do you not? Put it this way. Have you ever been on an appointment and then you leave that appointment? And you think, wow, that was a waste of time. They didn't even have money. They didn't even want to buy. They're not even that interested in what I do. That's because you didn't pre-qualify them, right? So take some time to learn the pre-qualifying process. Mindset, 90% of success is mindset. To have the right personal and business mindset. And this simply just goes, you know, from as simple as, having a positive mindset in your business, home, and, and personal life, but also sometimes leaving work at work and bringing uh, business home or bringing personal life into the office or vice versa, okay? Uh, I, I like to use the example of 
the attorney who comes home and cross-examines his kids about how their day was. You know, don't bring your work home. When you're home, be home. When you're at work, be at work. But always operate from a positive mindset. Number 10, skills. Knowing that technology is bringing us great tools, but it is not replacing the skills that we must have as entrepreneurs. Listen, until you... Uh, move to another planet or you're absolutely only dealing with machines and computers you're in a people business no matter what I I mean there's probably a few out there but very few where you're not dealing with people as your clients and customers in some way shape or form even if you're not talking to them directly or physically touching you know uh, meeting them but in some way, shape, or form, if you're communicating with humans, if you're providing a service that humans are using, you need to have the right skills. So what skills do you need to have? How would you rate your skills? And where do you need to improve? And where are you really good? Those are some top questions to ask yourself. Number 11, taking action. More action, less ideas. Everyone has great ideas, but few take action. How to take action on the right ideas based on the current facts, right? So let's say um, the the stock market is tumbling, the, the you know, just the terrible time in the stock market, for example. And you decide, you know what, I think I want to be a stockbroker. Is that really the right action based on the current facts? Probably not. Or how about in real estate when the market's on a down on a you know spiral downward and people decide to jump into real estate I mean they usually don't as a matter of fact most agents get out when that's happening but when you know your strengths and you know how to adjust with the current situations you won't have that problem knowing that you have great skills and you're taking action number 12 motivation the motive to take action Knowing and understanding what yours is and why. And simply put, I like to say this. Many people have a picture of a Ferrari or a big house, but they don't have it yet. And that, that picture is just there collecting dust, and it's been there forever. And, you know, when you understand what your motivation is and why, you would have what you want. You would achieve your goals. Because if you have a picture of a Ferrari and it actually does motivate you, you will have one very soon. But if it's been there a while and you kind of just, it's just blending into the background or you don't look at it daily, you don't talk about it, you're not excited about it, then it's probably not your true motivation. So understanding what motives cause you to take action. Number 13, logistics and process. Running a seamless business that leaves clients feeling of uh, that was so easy right wanting to do it again with you you know I, I know in um, real estate they do a, they do a survey often and it's they ask people um, you know how many of you would you use your real estate agent again and they say you know about I think it's like 80% of them say yes and then they track how many people actually use the same agent again and it's like 30% or some really low number um, but that's that's what I'm talking about when 
when you have a good process, um, things flow well, you know what to do when, your clients aren't feeling um, your, your if, you know, if you're screwing up or fumbling through the process, if your clients feel that, they're not going to feel like it was easy and, and, and a good experience. So what are you doing to run a seamless business with a great process so clients think it's easy, exciting, fun, and they want to do it again with you? Number 14, pricing. Now, this is very different. You know, it depends if you're selling products, providing services, being competitive, but not giving away the farm just to win a client. Pricing is a matter of negotiating with multiple people, factors, and situations. So it's a little different for everybody, but it's something that you definitely uh, need to dissect. You know, that's another thing that you could track numbers on and see what the ratios are telling you. Uh, again, what the key performance indicators are telling you based on just your pricing of your product services or whatever it is you're doing. 15. Money. Make more, spend less. Start small and think big. You can make a lot or a little, but what you keep and from who is the key to understand, right? How much are you making? Where is it going? How much are you keeping and why? Tracking it and using those numbers to understand what's really going on is going to save you and make you a ton of money. Number 16, profitability, understanding and growing profit margins in a steady and healthy way. Getting rich quick, even when it happens, uh, can be a huge problem. Getting wealthy slowly for the long run with a get-rich-quick effort. In other words, work like you want to get rich quick, but you have to understand that this is a slow process for building long-term stability growth, profitability, and more importantly, always learning everything you need to learn along the way that's going to help you in the near future. 17. Objection handling and understanding. So what does that even mean, right? I think most of you have heard the word objections or objection handling. Eliminating objections without saying a word. That's how I look at it. Addressing the common issues people use to, you know, quote, think about it. Have you ever heard that one? Hey, yeah, uh, great. Thank you so much. Uh, let me think about it. Let me sleep on it. Let me talk to my spouse. Uh, let me talk to my friend who knows a lot about this. You know, all objections can be handled, prevented um, before you even get into the conversation. And always remember, there's a difference between objections and like a condition that you can do nothing about, right? So for example, let's use a uh, insurance agent, for example. You sit down with the client and they say, yeah, I want a life insurance policy for $2 million. And great. And you go through, do an application, they do their medical exam, and it turns out they're very ill. Let's just say, for example, they have cancer. Well, most insurance companies are not going to approve it. But that's not an objection. That's a condition. They have cancer. There's nothing you can do about it unless you know how to cure cancer. An objection is if you gave them the policy, the application, and they said, uh, well, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. You know, you want to ask them, what are you thinking about? 
and understand why people are giving you the objections they're giving you, right? Oh, it's uh, that's a little too expensive. Is it too expensive or did you not explain it well? Handling objections. Huge topic we could dive really deep into and help you prevent objections before you even get started with any conversation. 18. Negotiations. Getting more of what you want while helping others get more of what they want and creating more win-win situations. Nowadays, cooperation outweighs competition. I think YouTube is a great example of that. You know, there's a ton of great information and even, you know, just people giving you ways to do things that you would normally pay for, but they're making money from YouTube. That's in a way teamwork, cooperation. Things times are changing, you know. So, understanding negotiations like where are you negotiating why what are you negotiating for so that you so that you can negotiate the for the right reasons i guess is what i'm saying so that everybody wins number 19 physically working with clients in a face-to-face or a direct basis okay so providing help services and products and how it relates to dealing with humans, not just computers and machines. This is more for people that are in, um, you know, car sales, real estate, maybe some insurance people, uh, retail stores, people who see clients face to face or maybe on the phone or, you know, um, any kind of uh, direct contact. So that's, you know, that's also something that sometimes people think they're really good at. And it's another one of the things that I help my clients with is understanding uh, basically the the presentation, the approach, the sales part of it, um, bringing awareness to their own performance. Sometimes you got to record yourself either in a real situation or just do a role play. But if you record yourself and then watch it, usually it's pretty painful at first. But it helps you a lot to know what you're doing right what you're doing wrong, where to improve, and where to triple down. Number 20, administration. The importance of delegation, staffing, team building, and management, building the right environment for everyone that you can manage. Building a team is one of the most important things that you need to learn early on in your career, in your uh, entrepreneur journey. You can't do it alone. You're not going to. That doesn't mean hiring a full-time staff right away it means hiring or working with or collaborating with those that you need when you need them and make it work 21 understanding customer service to effectively apply it becoming obsessed with customer service i'm gonna leave it at that it's plain and simple guys customer service should be one of your top priorities above anything 22 Sales systems, overall process, tools, softwares, processes to make the machine work properly, even if you walk away for a bit. How many of you can walk away, go on vacation for a week or a month or a quarter and come back and it's still operating? Can you do that? Can you honestly say that you can walk away and come back and it'll still be fully functioning? You can do that to your business if you're not already doing it. 23, business planning. Without planning, it's a disaster. 
just waiting to happen. Planning your next moves will set you up to win before it becomes evident in the eyes of the public or even your own. Without a plan, I'm sure you've heard this before, you're like a sailboat with no rudder, just going wherever the wind takes you. And I see that a lot in real estate. Market shifts and people just shift with it. You know, if you don't know how to pivot and know where to shift, what changes to make and when, you're probably going to have a hard time with without business planning. 24. Tracking numbers and using the results to improve business. This is where the word predictable comes in. Knowing the patterns within your business and what they mean to you, oftentimes giving you the answers you have been asking for all along. Tracking numbers is one of the best ways to truly understand why your business is where it is. 25. Scripts and dialogues. You know how uh, like repetition creates improvement and mastery? Well, it's the same thing, but with words and people. Probably the biggest mistake people are making when not paying attention is if, uh, if it's needed, is that they're not practicing scripts and role-playing. Many people just wing it, and they never record themselves. They never try to learn more. I'm going to give you an example. I went to look at an RV, and the guy was just talking about nonsense and he even did the splits. Like I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you doing the splits? Like I'm not interested in gymnastics, right? We're just standing there, like, okay, this is getting weird. We're gonna leave now, because he didn't have a presentation. He kept trying to impress us with his own personal accomplishments. Like, okay, that has nothing to do with the RV we came to see. Okay, when you have a presentation, you could take people from A to Z. Keep it question-based. Keep it on the on the topic, right? Like, why are you talking to these people? And hopefully get some business if it's the right person. 26. Business mindset versus personal mindset. You ever heard of that, um, like the attorney who goes home and cross-examine his kids about school and the wife? And, you know, I talked about it earlier. But many people are crisscrossing their roles all day long. Having a business mindset versus a personal mindset, you know, when you're at home, just the personal mindset, just be home. You're not a salesperson at home. When you're at work, don't bring your personal mindset to work, period. 27, minor life coaching as it relates to directly to business. Oftentimes, life issues are directly sabotaging your business or vice versa. So another thing that I help people with, another solution that I bring to people is sometimes, I would say 60% of the time, I get into some kind of life coaching more than business coaching because of stuff happening in their personal life that's causing them to have a bad mindset or just negative mindset. And then it starts to directly impact people's business. So a little bit of life coaching, um, which is fine because as it relates to business, it's absolutely important. 28. Goal setting, vision, and planning. 
you absolutely 100% need to know where you are going, how you will get there, what challenges you will face, and what backup plans that you have in place. Just setting goals is not enough. It's like I said earlier, if you have a picture of a Ferrari and it's been there for two years and you still don't have one, it probably is not motivating you. Now, if you have it just because you like the picture, then that's fine. But if you have a dream board with the Ferrari in the house and it's been the same thing for seven years, maybe it's time to re-look at your motivation, at your goals, at your vision and your planning. 29. Money management. Stop buying crap that you don't need. Make more and spend less, remember? Keep more, use wisely, and in the end, know that it's just a game of money management. It's not actually your money, only temporarily. And I got that from Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know if you guys uh, have ever heard him say it. I know you've heard of him, but he, he talks about how don't get attached to money. Don't hoard it. You're just managing it. It's just flowing through your bank accounts and it's going to be going out eventually, hopefully in very intelligent ways where the return on your investment is causing more money to come back into your management. So something to think about, money management. Stop hoarding it. Stop buying stuff you don't need because it's not your money really. Number 30, profitability. Managing more money more often and using it to grow what you have under management. So who do you have it under management for? For yourself? For the bank? For the IRS? For, I don't know, your landlord? For your clients? Profitability. Managing more money more often and using it to grow what you already have under management. 31. Growth and scaling. How did Wells Fargo go from a transportation company to one of the biggest banks in the world? You see, all companies start at zero. Most never get out of that or far above it. So don't get so caught up on doing, you know, one thing. If, if, uh, if your business starts to kind of be successful in a different direction, then run with it and see where it takes you. Unless, of course, you're not enjoying it, then, you know, that's obvious. But sometimes we don't see opportunities that are there within our business or our industry until our business itself starts to direct us to it. So just be a little more uh, flexible and definitely tracking where the success is from coming from will help you to see uh, where your business is going, where you should take it, or where you should keep it from going. 32, the last point, guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Recaps. What do I mean by that? Going over your past performance, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annually, doing uh, analysis and future planning, using past performance to plan your future projections. So that's the 32 things that came to mind uh, when I made this list about the question, what problems do you solve for your clients? Those are the things that I think I probably talk about most with clients. I'm sure I get into different topics or different uh, training sessions and, and different strategies. 
But if any of these resonate with you, if any of these sound like something that you need to talk about more in regards to your business, I invite you to schedule your free coaching consultation. I invite you to join my Facebook group, Go University. I invite you to uh, follow me on YouTube on Go University. On Go University, uh, just search Gabriel Olguin or uh, look for the links. I'll put the links in in the uh, with this podcast. Or look me up on Facebook, Business Coach Gabriel Olguin with Go Coaching. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Thank you.